God is with us. This has been a challenging year, to say the least, and yet one of the hardest things for people that I've heard people share with me is not being able to go to Mass for a time, not being able to receive communion, communion of both species. It's been very difficult. And I heard of several families, I know the ones I spoke to here locally, about how they created prayer spaces in their home. And that would be the place where they would watch Mass over the internet. And they would put up like holy images and kind of create their own altar. It was, like, it was as if they had their own chapels in their homes. And so there's something very beautiful about that, just in general, to, to create that if we, didn't, if we don't have that. And it built up to what was one, what has been one of the most powerful days of my priesthood, when in May, after two months of people not being able to receive communion, going without the Eucharist, they, after Mass, they were able to drive up to San Francisco de Assis and receive communion. And I, I don't think people were prepared, or nor was I, for what happened. That, Remember, I was giving communion to this woman, and she received, and then she stood up, and she took like two feet, and then she just broke down crying. And her husband came over and embraced her, and she had these tears of joy that even after months and of, of distance from the Lord, not being able to touch and receive God, that he was there in a physical way now to give her strength and connection. God knows that we are tangible people. We're, we're enfleshed. We're incarnate. And so that's why he became incarnate. We celebrate the incarnation that, that God himself took on human flesh. Because he knows how he made us. They, and this is what's so beautiful about Christmas, is that it reveals that God does not just stand off at a distance and watch us. God didn't just start the universe and then just said, say, you're on your own. That God is not some power or energy, but God is a person who wants to enter into real, tangible relationship with us. That God is not, you know, even you read the Old Testament and you're like, wow, God is, he almost seems kind of angry or... Or he's like this giant policeman who's waiting for us to mess up and then he comes in and, and, and smites us or something, you know? But God shows us that he's very different than that. That there's nothing we have to fear from our God. Just as, he's, just as so disarming is a newborn baby. We had a, a newborn baby here in the Newman Center recently and, and everybody wanted to hold him. You know, you're like, take a, you know, take a number, get in line. You know, like everybody wants to hold the baby. There's something about it. It draws us to this innocence, this purity, this helplessness. And, and I think that's what we, if we had to put one word on it, that we have felt so helpless the last 10 months. 
helpless over our future, our health, over the ones we care about, over our finances. We feel so helpless. And, and I think in that space, it's actually given us a, a chance to turn to the one who holds all things in his power. That, that for some of us, it's led to more anxiety than ever, more stress and worry. But for others who have turned to the Lord and put those things in his hands, I've heard people recount how this COVID time, that their prayer, their relationship with the Lord has never been stronger. That they almost had <laughs> some space, you know? That our world became smaller. And what did they do? But they invited the Lord into that world with them. I've heard of, you probably may have heard some of these stories. One dad was telling me how, you know, being able to work from home, he was able to spend more time with his wife and kids, help make meals, play games. He's like, this has been the best time we've ever had as a family. Because it's drawn us closer to what really matters, that, that you and I were made for communion. Communion with one another, but especially communion with our God. And I think this time has exposed for us, it's almost like peeled back the layer to reveal what's inside us. And if the Lord is not at the center, if the Lord is not present, it's very difficult to find meaning and peace and hope that tomorrow will be better. Three years ago, this young man from the Newman Center came to talk to me and he said, uh, Father Matt, I just want to let you know, because we have a relationship, um, that I'm done with the church that I'm saying goodbye. To which I said, well, I really respect and appreciate that you would tell me to my face, and I just want to let you know that you're free to leave. And you're always free to come back. Well, earlier this fall, he came back. And we sat in the backyard, and he told me how, you know, Father, I've tried to do it on my own, and as I cut God out of my life, I realized that I was also cutting out meaning and purpose and hope and peace. And I've realized that what I want, what I need, is I want God back in my life. How do I do that, Father Matt? And so we talked a little bit about what that looks like. I said, well, you're already doing it. <laughs> you're here. All you have to do with the Lord show up. Like the prodigal son, all he had to do was turn back. Even though he's covered in pig mud, he hadn't apologized. That to the Father, the door's always open. And so we caught up once again this past week, and he shared with me, he said, Father Matt, I've been reading the Bible every day, and it's changed my life. He's like, I feel so at peace knowing that God is with me. I want to I wanna share this good news with everybody. Am I allowed to share this with other people? <laughs> I was like, of course you can. You should. That's what God wants for all of us. He, God did not intend us to do it on our own. And then incarnation, the, the birth, the nativity of the Lord, shows us that God wants to come be with us, 
that, that he is love and he wants to be beheld by us. He wants to be held by us. And so the joy of Christmas is not some fairy tale thing that says, oh, you know, everything's going to be okay. Or that everything's magically better. But when Jesus enters into our world, it doesn't magically make everything better. But it helps us to know that we're not alone. That when Jesus, you know, said yes to the cross between the two criminals, that the two criminals didn't suddenly stop suffering. But they did stop suffering alone. That Jesus was with them. That this Christmas doesn't mean that suddenly we're going to wake up tomorrow and everything's perfect in the world. That COVID's gone and the people we've lost are suddenly back. That's, that's not how it works. But what it shows us is that God wants to be with us in our sadness and loss. Just as Jesus was with Martha and Mary in the loss of their brother Lazarus. That Jesus is with the criminals on the cross. That Jesus is with us in our suffering and sadness. That the nativity reveals something. The wood of the manger foreshadows the wood of the cross. The manger itself that is meant to feed foreshadows the one who will feed us with his body and blood. The infant who cries out to his mother Mary and to Joseph will be the one who cries out on the cross to the Father. And the one who draws shepherds and magi from afar is the one who will draw all people to himself. But the one he wants to draw the most is me, is us. And so we come here today to be reminded of the God who loves us, the God who chooses to humble himself, be helpless with us, to suffer with us, the God who wants to feed us, the God who is and always is with us.